Good morning, Eastside family and friends. So glad you joined us this, this week after Easter. We're going to continue our series in John, a journey through John. Uh, today I want to pick up in John chapter 14, and, uh, you know, uh, Jesus is talking about uh, the Holy Spirit, and uh, he's talking about love and, and, and uh, experiencing the love of the Father. Uh, th th through the power of the Holy Spirit working in his life. And uh, it's, it's interesting how we see the Trinity in this. Uh, as we look at John and as we look at Jesus and as we look at these two concepts, the concept of love uh, partnered with the work of the Holy Spirit, I just can't help but to, to kind of giggle and chuckle at, at how the Bible is written. You know, it's always written... Uh, in a way that we can make practical. And if you'll, if you'll really look for it as you read through the scriptures, you're going to see how you can practically apply these scriptures to your life. Um, in John, what we see in 14 and 15, where uh, Jesus is speaking about we're, you know, being, being the vine and the branches, and we're in him and he in us, and all those kind of things that we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, right before then, he talks about uh, he and the Father being one, and this oneness that he that he shares with the Father, and uh, and there is a total lack of understanding from the disciples' perspective, and, and I love it. And uh, Jesus says, you know, me and the Father are one. And one of the disciples says to him, "What what are you? What do you mean, you and the Father are one? If we've seen you, we've seen the Father. What are you talking about? Show us the Father." And Jesus said, encouraged him, you know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he knows that the disciples don't have the ability to understand. I, I love this aspect in Scripture that you can, that you can uncover as you, as you read through it, this, this knowledge of Jesus that the disciples don't even have, a, have the ability to understand what he's talking about without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so in these passages of Scripture that we're about to read, there are two things that I want us to, to get. Jesus want us to, wanted us to understand that he and the Father are one. And he also wanted us to understand that the Holy Spirit was going to bring to us understanding when he was poured out and made us his temple. And so Jesus is this picture of, of the Father's love and Jesus promises the Holy Spirit to empower us and know and love him like he knew and loved the Father. He promises that he's going to make us the temple of God so that we can love him and so that we can serve him. When we love him and serve him, we will love righteousness. When we love righteousness, we will do righteousness. And the only way that we can do those things is to abide in Christ. We'll see that here in these scriptures. So let's look at a few scriptures this morning. John 14, 6 and 7 says this. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen me because you've seen him. In John 10, 9, from the New Living Translation, it says, Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. John 14, 9 says, uh, Jesus says, 
Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? There's this picture of, of Jesus expressing to us that, that he and the Father are one, and he wants us to get that. He wants us to believe that. We talked about that last week. And so we're going to pick up in John chapter 14, and, and, uh, and we're going to go uh, from 14, 15 through 15, 17 in the New Living Translation. Let's read this together. This is talking about the Holy Spirit and the promise of the Holy Spirit. If you love me, obey my commandments. Let me say that one more time. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, another helper, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. All truth. The world cannot receive him because he isn't looking for him. It isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to them. There's this combination of of ideas that Jesus is talking about, this oneness with the Father, this, this being in oneness with him and the Father as, as his children uh, with in relationship with the Holy Spirit and being in obedience to him. Judas, not Judas Iscariot, but the other disciple with, the, with that name said to him, Lord, why are you going to reveal yourself only to us and not to the world at large? And Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. Let me say that one more time. All who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them and they will come and make our, and then we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate, it's my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or don't be afraid. And, and, and we pick up in verse 15, I mean chapter 15. He says, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it'll be granted. 
When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Let me say that one more time. When you obey, uh, obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Even through the coronavirus, absolutely, it can overflow even through the toughest times. This is my commandment, Jesus says. Love each other in the same way I've loved you. There is no greater love than this than a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confine in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command to love one another. And so the first thing that I want us to get out of this passage of Scripture this morning is that we need to believe, and Jesus wanted us to understand and believe that he and the Father was, were one. Jesus is the likeness of the Father. He only does what the Father is doing. He only does what he hears the Father saying. Did Jesus do everything that the Father had to do? Did Jesus do everything the Father had to do? The answer to that is, of course not. He didn't do everything. He left more to do for you and me. And so we need to understand that the nucleus and the substance of, of this relationship that holds the Father and the Son together in that oneness is love. And the thing that's going to hold you together in oneness with Christ is that same love. He wants us to understand that love. And so the starting place for you and me is to understand the love of God and to understand that God loved the Son. God the Father loved Jesus. He loved Jesus. And Jesus says, the same way the Father loved me, he loves you. He loves me. He loves us. He loves you. You really need to understand the love of God. You need to understand what, 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 what depth the love of God is. It is, it is. it is inclusive of every aspect of the personality of God. That nucleus, that substance that holds Jesus and the Father together is love. And that substance and that nucleus that holds you in, in right relationship with Jesus is love. Jesus only did what the Father instructed. He only did his word. And he came to fulfill righteousness. He came to fulfill all righteousness. Matter of fact, he, he comes uh, up to John in the Jordan River. And John is baptizing everywhere. And Jesus comes up to John and, 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 he, and, he, and he has this conversation. It says, Jesus came to Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by John. And John tried to prevent Jesus saying, 
I need to be baptized by you and you're coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And so what we understand about Jesus, even in this moment of, of being baptized, he is, he is baptized because he wants to fulfill all righteousness. Well, what is righteousness? Righteousness is doing everything God is doing, the Father is doing. Righteousness, fulfilling righteousness, is, is saying everything the Father is saying, is hearing what the Father is saying and doing what the Father is saying. And so then John, uh, he consented and, and he was baptized. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And, he, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my son, my beloved son, who I am well pleased. Now, one of the things that I want us to understand, I think one of the biggest gaps there are in Christianity is, is this gap. You know, there is so much talk about salvation and coming to Jesus and acknowledging him as Savior of the world. And he is that. He is that. But what God wants you to, to do is understand that Jesus is God and he is at one with the Father. And they're about the same mission. And that mission is righteousness. And Jesus loved the Father, and the Father loved Jesus. And because of that love, there was a love for righteousness. And, and one of the things I think in this missing gap of, 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 of having the Holy Spirit and, and being saved and coming into salvation, one of the things that I discovered uh, is, that, is that people struggle with being filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and I don't really, you know, being from, from a charismatic background, I don't know that anybody has a, has a total grip on this. Even when we read this passage of Scripture, it says, then the heavens open. Well, what, what does that look like? I mean, was there this big zipper that, that opened in the heavens and then, and then this bird comes down and gets on Jesus? And the answer to that question is, is no, that's not what happened. It, wasn't, it, it was, it was the, the, the eyes were open to invisible realm. You know, the, the, the author and the, those around and, and what they saw, what John saw, he, he saw in the invisible realm. And it wasn't a dove, it was the Holy Spirit. And the best the author could do was describe the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus like a dove. I mean, the best description I can come up with is it looked like a dove. I mean, it was, it was this peaceful thing, but it wasn't a bird. We have that image because we see a lot of video, we watch a lot of television. But, but it, was, it was the Holy Spirit. And the interesting point is, with this fulfilling our righteousness, is even Jesus didn't begin his ministry until he was indwelled, until he was filled with the Holy Spirit this day in the Jordan River. And so you and I, and he knows you and I, aren't going to have the understanding not only about him, but about righteousness, we're not going to understand the word. We're not going to understand what he's saying until we, until we are filled with the Holy Spirit, until we are submissive to the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about today. You know, one of the things in the struggles that I see in most people isn't that they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. They're not submitted to the work of the Holy Spirit. They're not submitted to fulfill all righteousness. 
In other words, they're not willing to give up their way for right way, for God's way, for righteousness. You know, I think when there's really, truly a love for God, just like what it's saying here, it's if you love me, you're going to love my commandments. If you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. In other words, there's this passion. There's this, if we really love Jesus, if we really love Jesus, we're going to have to learn and we're going to have to understand that we've got to love righteousness. You can't separate the love of God from the love of righteousness because God is righteousness and he came to fulfill all righteousness. And so Jesus wants us to understand that he did everything his father said and his father did. He fulfilled all righteousness, but he did it when he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 5, verse 19, it says this, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. Jesus was totally, totally submitted to righteousness, to God's way. Today, I want to encourage you that he's saying with this passage of scripture about abiding in him. He says, you can do nothing without him. There's nothing you can do to bring glory to God. There's no fruit that you can bear without abiding in him, without being in oneness with him, without being in love with him, without being in love with righteousness. When you're in love with him, when you're in love with righteousness, when you do what he does, when you do righteousness, it will produce fruit. It has no, it has it is unable not to produce fruit. Righteousness will produce fruit. And so Jesus wants us to understand that he and the Father are one and that he wants to be one with you. He wants us to know and experience and to share in the same love that he and the Father have, he and the Holy Spirit experience. Our love will bring us to a place where we understand Scripture. You know, if you have a hard time maybe you know, understanding what the Bible says, just fall in love with Jesus. Today, I did bring my old Bible, and I, and I brought it just to show you. Um, this is the first Bible that I ever had. I bought it in 1988. Now, I want you to know this Bible hadn't been read as much as it looks like because I'm hard on everything. I'm hard on shoes, but but. The reason this Bible looks like this is because I understand that my way didn't work very well and I wanted, I, I had a passion. I was totally driven by understanding what Jesus said. If you really love him, you'll, you'll discover what he said. You'll get a passion for righteousness. You'll want to do what he wants you to do. You'll, you'll be all about righteousness because the the core the nucleus the center of that relationship between the father and the son is love that core that center that nucleus of your relationship with jesus my relationship with jesus is that same love that love that wants to do right our love will bring us to a place of understanding and the spirit is given to us for, for you know, we, we say, he said, wait for power. 
Power for what? Not power to promote your own way. Matter of fact, if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for power to promote your own agenda, you're most likely not going to receive that power. God wants to give you power to do righteousness. And as you do righteousness, as you focus on righteousness, you're going to overcome sin. You know, most of the time what we focus on too much is how to overcome sin. You really don't have to focus on how to overcome sin as much as you really need to focus on doing what's right. And when you do what is right, then what's going to happen is you're not going to sin. Your behavior will produce fruit. And as you go, God wants to give us the spirit to teach us all things. But he's going to do that in his time. He's going to do that in direct proportion to the amount of time you pursue him. To the amount of passion you have for his word and his way. To the amount of love you have for him and the love you have for righteousness, he will reveal it. You hold the key. Around at east side, we talk about a sluice gate. You hold the handle to the sluice gate. The sluice gate is, is what they used to hold the water back in a dam. And they open the sluice gate and the water flows freely from the from the dam. The Spirit of God will reveal all truth in direct proportion to your desire to understand it. When you proceed, when you when you go after God, when 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 you attack the Lord, it says, "If you'll knock, He'll be there. He'll open the door. If you draw near to Him, He'll draw near to you." I mean, God. Is he is he loves you and he desires to respond to you. And so one thing that Jesus knows is that that we'll come to a place of understanding. He knows that the Holy Spirit is going to teach us on our own time and on his own time frame. And he also knows that our love will manifest as a love for righteousness. First John chapter two, verse five says this, but those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. Let me repeat that one time. It's worth repeating. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That's how we know we are living in him. How do you know you're living in the vine and the vine is in you? How do you know you're attached when you are, when you are obeying the word of God? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, Paul says it this way. And what union can there be between God's temple, you and I, and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And God said, I will live in them. I will walk among them. I will be their God and they'll be my people. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, it says this. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. There's this, there's, this, there's this love way that Jesus has provided for you and me to the Father through the Son so that we can become the house of God. The last thing that we need to understand about this passage of Scripture is that our love for Jesus will bear fruit that glorifies the Father. Now, there's a passage of scripture that people quote all the time. They say, you know, the work that Jesus did will do so much greater work. That's so true. Jesus was here for a limited period of time. And you think about the number of people that are, are Christians. 
and the, and the possibilities of the power of the Holy Spirit working in each one and all the things that God wants to do through the church, we're going to do so much more than Jesus was able to do in his three years of ministry. And, and God knows that if we understand the love of Jesus, if, if, we're, if that becomes the core of who we are and we love righteousness, then our prayers will agree with righteousness. And when our prayers agree with righteousness, they'll be answered and they'll bear fruit. We will accomplish the things that God intends us to accomplish that he has planned even more than Jesus accomplished when he was on earth. We will do it all, and we'll do it all with joy and peace. Even in this time of the coronavirus, there can be a great joy and peace. I, I hear stories all the time. I know people are, are, are fearful, and I don't want to belittle that, but I want, really want to focus on, on those success stories where I, I hear about families that are just prospering, learning to love each other again, marriages where people are learning to love each other, learning to communicate better. Families are sitting down to the supper table again. You know, there are devotions that are happening every day. Men and women, fathers and mothers are teaching the, their children the scriptures. You know, we're doing Sunday mornings in a very different way, and I don't know how long this is going to keep up, but I, I know this. God is going to use it to teach you to be teachers. And, and he's using it to bring good in your families if you'll let him. And so I pray that if you're fearful, I pray that if, you're, if, you're, if there's tremendous uncertainty around you, I pray that you would understand that Jesus loves you. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. He wants, he wants to bring good even through these hard circumstances. So if you'll lean on him, he'll give you creative solutions for wherever you might or whatever you might be facing. And so I encourage you today to love him and let him love you. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, it says this, Then you will experience God's peace. When you love him and you experience his love, that's when you're going to experience his peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace then will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus, as you abide in him and he abides in you. In Luke chapter 1, verse 79, the, the prophecy from Zechariah says that Jesus is going to come to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. Jesus wants to give you peace. John 16, 33 says, I've told you all this so that you have, may have peace in me. How do you have peace? In Jesus. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Revelation 3.20, that was John 16.33 if I didn't say it. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to eat with him and be with him and he with me. Revelation 21.3, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now coming to his people. It's now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. You know, there's a way that you can, that you can understand the love of God better. And that is to get into the word of God and to have a passion and a pursuit 
to know him. And I promise you, he won't let you down. He's not going to let you down. He will be there. You knock and the door will be open. You draw near to him. He'll draw near to you. You hold the sleuth gate. You hold the door. You open the door. You pursue. You have passion for righteousness and you'll discover it. And what you'll discover is you'll begin to bear fruit in your life that you never thought you could bear. You'll begin to do things that you never thought possible. You, you'll begin to see God work in your life in ways that are going to blow your mind. Why? Because he loves you. He wants you to understand the Father's love for Jesus, Jesus' love for you, and how much that he wants us to love one another. It's this love circle that he's got that is the nucleus of everything that he does. His Holy Spirit empowers us for righteousness, and righteousness produces fruit. I pray today that you be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth that you will never leave us or forsake us. I thank you, God, that, that we abide in you and you abide in us. And as long as we do, God, we're going to bear much fruit and it's going to bring glory to your name. Thank you, God, for creative solution. Thank you, God, for joy and peace in the midst of tribulation. I thank you, Lord, that you will never leave me or forsake me. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.